welcome to the Stick So Plex Show, episode 64, Spiritual Technology with Sevon Bomar. You are listening to WELT 95.7 FM, and WELT comes to you from the main library. Downtown via the tower at IPFW and WELT is also generously funded by the Friends of the Library who encourage all Allen County residents to come to any branch library <laughs> and read a book. Yeah. Uh-huh, I get that gnosis, whether it be the prognosis, who's gonna be the one with osmosis, the photosynthesis, let me listen to the optimism or mysticism, lasers, who got the phases, it's not gonna be the one with the guardians of the garden, who you got your shell hardened, to be looser, to be soft, you might never wanna go off like you Bismarck, or get synced like Bismarck, who got the new mark with the technology, spiritual, could it be something with the words that is Lyrical to be go beyond the gestures, beyond the manifestations into the blueprint. You sent that on the long while. Now check out the Jedi of the improvisational style on episode 64 Spiritual Technology with Sevan Bomar. Hello, Sevan. Sevan Bomar, welcome. How's it going, man? man? Oh, man, it's amazing. It's an amazing time. I mean... Exciting, right? <laughs> ready to get to it. Get to it. <laughs> I, think we, I think we're getting past the overwhelming times into the, the fluidity and, like, you know, eloquence and lucid uh, states here. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, I would say a minority because... <laughs> minority, right? Well, it's... <laughs> There is a minority going on oh, that oh, is oh. definitely experiencing that, and I am amongst that elite club, if you may. Mm-hmm. That's a, that <laughs> is the subject at hand. Here we are at episode 64. It's a return interview. We got spiritual technology, episode 64, here with Sevon Bomar. We still over there in uh, Central America, or where are we at? Yeah, I'm out. Uh, I mean, still here in Costa Rica. Costa you know, Rica. Paradise. Yeah. Right, right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so how's, how? Uh, what's it looking like right now over there? We're in a... Actually, it's uh, it's about to roll into the rainy season. That just means oh yeah, that you it's get been raining rain here. Time of day. It's been raining <laughs> here a lot too. Just the last couple of days, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. But that's mm-hmm. a good thing, though. <laughs> you know, that you can never yeah. get too much water, right? Water ah, oh yeah, Water World. You know what I mean? We got the water <laughs> scarcity. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, what, what's the latest, man? What's the greatest? What's what are we doing here? What's what's the uh, the current state of affairs, or so to speak? Well, you know, I'm I'm heavy duty, so mm-hmm. you know, since this is a show that's, you know, centered around occult yeah. metaphysical matters, mm-hmm. you know, I was definitely enjoying getting on the show today and, and really unveiling some some massive uh, mysteries, uh-huh. because you know, I know people who've been studying spiritual knowledge, uh, they they've definitely been uh, looking for the truth, <laughs> and that can be very elusive, right? Like, there's just so much knowledge and so much information. Mm-hmm. Disinfo, you know, misinfo, what's accurate. Exactly. Yeah. What, exactly. what can produce and, results rather as what is, you know, um, fantasy or what can be used for your benefit as far as that mind frame or, you know, in that yeah, manner I mean, as far as just, consciousness. I mean, just, yeah. 
Yeah, there's just so much, right? Like it's just overwhelming for vast, people. Like I guess you know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's vast. Yeah, exactly. And also, it it literally feels like it, it can't be surmounted mm. for many people. Okay. I mean, after well, I guess it just all depends because it just depends on what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for, you know, basic uh, comforts, this is just a group let's say, or, or a group of people that believe the same things that you believe, a pastime, you know, something to entertain you. You know, mm, sometimes right. people can get that out of the current scenarios that are available for spiritual progress and soul progress. You know, uh, however, I found that to be personally, uh, in my experience, non-fulfilling, that it would get you to a certain point, but then it was very redundant after that. I'm just referring to you know, spiritual systems are referring to occult systems. And, you know, it always tries to put itself into a mist at the end of the day. So that way it can seem like it was your fault that, that you didn't discover or penetrate it. You know how they say that some people mm. have to wait 20, 30 years for enlightenment. And then sometimes it doesn't even happen. So if you just one of those guys that's sitting in there for that long and it doesn't happen for you, then you fall into that clause. But, you know, the whole thing to me now, especially at this level of clarity, is just the buffoonery of the highest nature. Hmm. And I can really understand it as this, that if if you're told a lie to begin with and you begin to believe a lie and then it becomes the truth to you, that doesn't change it from being a lie. And, uh, and that's just the, that's that's the kind of psychosis that we're living in. In the reality, all of us are participating uh, in it from time to time. That reminds and, me of that uh, the word, the term that I uh, discovered recently, I guess, in the last year or so, the cognitive dissonance. Exactly. You know, like, hmm. exactly. Cognitive yeah. dissonance. And yeah. I, I really, really, I, I, old head actually sat down with me about two, three months ago and just went over cognitive dissonance in society, government, etc. just to really give me a breakdown of what we were talking about and just how you can justify certain things. But of course, you know, that that's like a medication. It gets you through a certain point in a certain time of you doing certain things. But overall, like if you keep putting those bandages on, you're going to end up just being false. Right. So I guess mm. at the end of the day, with all these different things that naturally start to affect us, we can literally start becoming false just because we could be taking the definition of a word that some, that society has given us and looking at it that way, that we can look into history, which we didn't many of the parts of history didn't we didn't really participate in so we got to go and load it and then mm. believe what is being told to us is true and then go forth from there as if it is true and this is of course is why we can get information and get knowledge that would be rather riveting if we actually believed it hmm. we could we would we can get that knowledge and not actually do anything about it or feel like oh wow that's that's crazy all right like buddy walking around you know just murking people <laughs> <laughs> and you know on live stream you know whatever oh. so those kind of things like i said it, it just it creates kind of a numbness in the consciousness and not like in the desensitizing like as far as with how we uh go about with culture movies music films and the, the i mean the platform i mean you know i think maybe revolutionizing uh the way we go about things yeah uh and yeah and meeting each other just as, as strangers on the street like maybe yeah. there would be a, a kind of an evolution in that manner as far as. Well, I mean, know, I think that that yeah. happened as far as where society wants to push that. That happens a, happened a long time ago. Like, ah, okay. Think about now when you go into the mm -hmm. store or something, you see someone, they just trying to avoid. Avoid. <laughs> yeah, that was like a lot of avoidance or, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That matter. It's more or less in the bigger cities, in lots of cities, like huge cities. Yeah. You want to put up your guard, so to speak. Right. Like, 
But then you, when you think about like it, it comes to mind like what about the like uh, is there ever going to be that kind of an epiphany moment where there's, there's that REM video everybody hurts you know you might be familiar with that where everybody yeah. stops and drops what they're doing and all of a sudden realizes that they're this you know well when we <laughs> rent when we rent open the veil like yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah, for right. for people that have become uh, very resilient we'll hmm. put it like that. Okay. It takes a, a a lot of shock value to get ah, anyone right. to just put down things for any r- real period of time that it takes to think about something. Only not times just of that one like crisis or natural disasters or emergencies. Well, I'm, I don't or, not, ah, not, nec- not, not necessarily. necessarily. Right? Okay. Yeah. Anything yeah. out of five. Anything mm, that yeah. is not recognized as being a part of this dimension. Mm, and okay. so you know, that, and that kind of like that segues us into you know what I really want to talk about because okay. you know I know yeah. personally mm. that that you're on the D quest. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm on the D quest and that quest continues. Mm. And but I did get to a massive milestone in that since whole last we talked. Yeah. Years. yeah. Which oh, was yes. Episode 27. And this is episode 64. You know, yeah. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm quantum speed. It was like time. quantum. Yeah. That's what I said. Remember, uh, super turbo warp speed overdrive here. You yeah. know, said exactly. Omar, one of the uh, pioneers of this technique. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, but my bad, it, man. Continue, well, man. Well, well, like, no, it's, it's, well, it's exponential, and <laughs> you know yeah. how it is. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's if, ever if uh, what you call it, upgrading. The same yeah. as they saw me last. They got yeah. the wrong. Oh, you know, you know that uh, that artist Del, Del Del the Funky Homo Sapien. He had an album called Deltron Thirty Thirty. Uh huh. And he had a song. He goes, "Upgrade your gray matter, cause someday it may matter." You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, here's seven. I'm going to continue, man. I know you want to get onto this like massive quantum discoveries we got going on since last we spoke. But yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean, and obviously, you know, it's a it's a collective bill. Collective so, bill. You know, yeah. Definitely feel free uh, on, on your show to chime ah. in. <laughs> yeah, chime in. There we go, guy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I, that also doesn't make it a monologue. But okay, so ah, you know right. what this is really about. This is about really looking into what is the source behind the veil and again these are these are occult matters these are metaphysical principles so this is the highest level that you can really get as far as training in this university that we're calling earth Mm -hmm. and the last stage is the piercing of the veil and many people are aware of that they may not necessarily done that they may have thought they did it etc etc but it actually requires one to not only go beyond in their consciousness for one moment kind of unload all of this stuff you know, with the, that the reality consists of, and it keeps cooking up more and more of a melting pot. But I, I would say for sure that when, uh, let's say, Caligula was running around, I'm sure everyone was feeling the same way that, hey, this whole thing is gonna just go to the end, and blah 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 blah. That's just all a part of the physical reality and finite things. It's just like when you buy something, if you kind of expect for it to last forever, you're really, really hurt when you lose it. Or mm. when it breaks or whatever. But mm. when you finally get to the point of realizing that all the things that are created in the material reality are subject to decay and created thus for that purpose, mm. because that's what brings about their transmutation, then you can stop being attached to that on an emotional level. I think there's a uh, there's a lot of things that are saying that just the way that we're processing the reality from emotional levels. Because what we're doing is, is we're basically having experiences and then that experience is then saved. And this is spiritual technology. It's saved in a fluid. Mm. And then that fluid is like like a micro storaging system. And when we reload that fluid, which it's all in our brain, it's in our consciousness, it's inside the body. It's of different densities. When we reload that fluid, 
then we relive that experience. So our entire every time we're happy, there's a certain amount of fluid that goes into the brain, replays what happy was last time we had happy at this level. Hmm. And this is literally the robotic side of the consciousness, the actual computerized side of the consciousness. Mechanics or the mechanics. Exactly. The celestial mechanic. Well, in this case, the terrestrial mechanics, terrestrial mechanics. Okay. Exactly. The biological process that the body is going through where it's breathing and we're not telling it to, it's doing many different things autonomously. And then we don't have to necessarily give those codes and commands. And when we try to see where that is actually stored, we've come to discover that it's stored in the liquids Hmm. and even the ants, of course, they don't have, physical organs as we know them their 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 entire system is is liquid Liquid. so exactly liquid so this kind of starts to segue us into getting beyond the veil like starting to see what's really what i say behind the eyes and um so first of all i would like to say though why all the mystery Hmm. and this is what people need is that going to the whole ether concept and principle too is like as far as like your uh previous episodes talking about like that's the next step as far as well, the, with the, yeah, the consci- consciousness uh, evolution well yeah yeah uh, yeah no because yeah see, and when no I give okay definition well. to a word like i <laughs> oh, yeah. can't even say then if, if i if i give a definition to a mm-hmm. word that doesn't mean that i know what that word means mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're, and what that word is about and and, and that's what we're gonna, we're gonna talk about a little bit today but like if okay. i give a description if i say mm-hmm. the divine feminine mm-hmm. i can only flash then images and maybe possibly some experiences into my consciousness to give me a definition of that word. Hmm. So that means that my definition would be based on my experience. Now, if I've actually been with the divine feminine, if I actually was the divine feminine and I came into awareness of that, that would increase the experience of me being able to define that word. But many people just take that they know the definition of the word because they read in the dictionary, oh, this means uh, like the word eidolon, it means an mm, idea assuming, that has now formed uh, into some kind of form of consciousness that can think on its own and can be evoked. So mm. they think, okay, well, I know eidolons then, except for when one of them shows up in the room. Mm. <laughs> you see what I mean? Now you realize that the definition of the word is totally different than what uh, uh, is actually going on with the being. Because that's, uh, That kind of reminds me of the word, what is it? The the map is not the territory. The the menu, exactly. the the menu is, is not is, the meal. Not the yeah, okay. Ah. So... In that tense, you know, saying ether, you know, it's, mm. it's like, okay, it's going to transcend into something. But now we would need to come to a realization of what that, that something is. And this is where it becomes interesting, because if we try to define it to ourselves again, that's like insanity. Because we would be going through the same process that we always use that never actually tells us what's going on. Never actually allows us to, to really know what's going on. We just... Mm kind of egoistically say okay i know what it is (laughs) so what happens is is this is a different kind of approach this is saying that well we can't even really approach this thing with our minds because it just it doesn't want to be figured out and then if we move that out of the way then we could say well maybe it wants to be maybe it can be felt maybe i can feel it and this is, of course, this is the graduated stages of the meditation where instead of the monkey mind going 30, uh, 100 miles an hour trying to just talk and trying to, oh, I felt that it felt, you know, all that hmm. kind of stuff, that's completely shut down. And then there's this other stage that's just, it's, you know, it's feeling. And I got it, a quick it, question uh, about that as far as like a models of consciousness. And, uh, and I was curious about like also like the Norse cosmological model. And these, all mm-hmm. these different, like, and uh, have you looked into that or familiar with all these models? Well, yeah, I'm familiar of course, with all. 
Yeah, and so how does that, like, in particularly the Norse cosmological model, now, is that more of like a de- description of stages of consciousness or actual levels or actual planes or what's going on here? In a, <laughs> you know, this, I, I hope to not step on any toes Uh-oh. today. Uh-oh, where we go? <laughs> but it's, that's a... Perspective. Okay, so let me explain that very mm. simple. Okay. When we come in through the womb, mm. we're coming into a drama. And in that drama, it's like it's a play. So there's characters in that play and the suit that you put on Mm. when you're in that play. That's what we're acting out in this reality. So most material cosmological perceptions, especially if they attempt to make the put the characters into skin, put the characters into physical form, the archetypes or so like mythologies. So to speak. Right. Like okay. anytime they try to define it by putting some kind of physical form on it, putting mm. skin on it. Mm. At that point, it becomes a, a production of the realm of matter. Now. But there is a place that it lives in. If it didn't happen, let's say, for instance, somebody's giving you this grand story that never actually happened. But they're they're building it and they're constructing it and they're putting all the different names on the characters. Now, that's going on in the mind. Okay. And since we live in a large mind, or it could be M-I-N-D or M-I-N-E, it depends on, you know, hmm. if you understand the depth of what we're dealing with. I say, hey, it's a deep mind. Hmm. So all those terms are the same because it's actually explaining that in the depths of the mind, there are all of these jewels, these ideas, these shimmering crystals and all of these different concepts that actually can be inhabited and we know they can be inhabited because we can actually go in our dreams and access places that we've created in our mind and be living there, eating or getting scared, getting tortured, whatever. Hmm. We can actually live in those thoughts in the dream. In the dream world. So in the dream. Hmm. In the dream world, right? Hmm. But the thing is, is that th- this is just we would we should say densities, because hmm. when we just say dream world it kind of okay that's not reality but that's what it was like also like what to discern from or what is similar or what is in fact uh the same as far as like with astral travel lucid dreaming out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. near-death experiences and you know stuff of that nature yeah i mean well it it does it it draws the lines of parallels in but the main thing Mm -hmm. is you start getting these main components that allow you to measure the vaults to allow Mm -hmm. you to measure and allow you to measure this exactly Mm -hmm. and uh and because then you would be accurate like you can attempt to measure something that's called assumption to try to let's say size something up right measurementals right yeah dimensions Mm -hmm. dimensional Uh, dimensional science would probably be a relatively new thing for a field of study, right? Or is there is there is a book well, uh, written it, on dimensional? It's one in the same because one if somebody's the studying okay. the dimensions, then mm. they're just they're basically doing weights, measurements, calculations, and mm. those kind of things. But if someone's doing that on a metaphysical level, huh. it actually doesn't change that. Huh. You're just the 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 units and the force in which you're measuring becomes more defined. Well, like you know, like writing about the how do you say the word Akashic uh, records, like mm-hmm. that's there before things happen have the potentiality because uh it's uh what's the word it's there pre-embedded i guess i don't know what the blueprints or what is the word i mean it's it's in the cloud 
I guess in the cloud. It's in the cloud. It's a part of the, the collective consciousness. Collective consciousness. Okay. Here it's we go. Yeah, the yeah. boundaries of the collective consciousness, which are generally more expanded than one single unit in the collective consciousness generally has access to. Oh, but if okay. you plug into the overmind, that's what can actually access that mainframe, can run all those processors at the same time to come into a total awareness of what that unit is aware of. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting, that's, though, to the accesses, the different ways of accesses to these awarenesses. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and, of course, there is uh, these w that would then create, and this is hmm. now kind of chiming into what you were saying earlier, hmm. okay. uh, but this system would need to be divine by each person on their own to divine their own system, but then it would create somewhat of a hierarchical system within the consciousness that you would have to surmount, like Mount Maru, in order for you to then get to the top of, of the, the control center of your own module, hmm. right? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. now the interesting thing is the reason why I was honing in earlier, but why all the mystery, right? Is because uh, then plausible not deniability actually kicks in when you start asking people that question if they're in position to try to answer it, right? So why all the mystery? One person say, well, well we, don't want, we don't want to spoil it for ourselves. We didn't want to spoil it for ourselves. Hmm. So we, we need to come into this experience. We made ourselves forget. See, this is plausible deniability because now they're coming up with an excuse for why there's all the mystery, Right. Ah, and, that kind of reminds and, me and, of the whole, what is it, the Mankind and Amnesia, which is written by Emmanuel Velikovsky. Like we're we're supposed to remember our divinity or some things, our origins and purpose and such. Right. You know. Right. Or, or even the the um, the inclination that we erase those origins so mm. that way we could experience everything again. And again, this is trying to explain something by utilizing all metaphysical mechanics. According to metaphysical mm. mechanics, we can see into all space and time and we can actually see the past and the future. So then if that's the case, then why would we want to come into experiencing something that we already knew what we were going to experience and all we already could see? And then, the, then that's why I say, why all the mystery? And then someone will try to answer that question and say, because we have to make ourselves forget it in order to have the experience so that we can feel what it's like some say so that we can have those true memories it, it whatever they say hmm. it doesn't make any sense because that's not the truth okay and this is right. this is the the depth of of the mind this is like figuring out okay well i can cut through every single type of question that you want to answer by giving you the last question how does something come from nothing and if a person even thinks that they can attempt to answer that question you already can see their headlong and foolishness because now they're attempting to use something finite, which is conversation, hmm. the mind, all those different components to try to answer something that is clearly saying by its definition. Uh, that, that reminds me of the, uh, the way, boundaries. I'm sorry, uh, it reminds me of the way like we might, you know, get more uh, out of something when you communicate with somebody, when you're chilling with someone and like you look, you're like, you know what I mean? And then he's like, yeah, you give these... And you have these look in your eyes and you look and you have the eye contact and you experience what you just saw. And you like, you know, the, the like, for example, you look over and you both right. look at each other's eyes and, you know, confirm that what you experienced or something. Right. But then that right. says and, more and than a conversation. You know, very close yeah. into using other faculties yeah. in order to be able to perceive something. Right. Yeah. Like almost it's almost kind of like a telepathy, I guess. But it's more closer to that than it is just actually you having a conversation. Right. Yeah. It is. And because it, it's it's if not already inside, 
it's at least at the door of the all-knowing state. Mm. And, you know, generally it takes to completely shed a lot of the stuff. And that's why it, it is much more easier to do with people that you're comfortable with and that you've known for a prolonged period of time. It is much more easier to do with yourself since you've been knowing yourself and mm. dealing with yourself mm. for a prolonged period of time. And it very seldom happens in large groups since there will be quite a few different people who are not aware of how to communicate on that channel or are aware that that channel even exists. Mm, <laughs> and, yeah. and this is operating the, the on different levels of consciousness. Right. Say okay. Right. Hmm. And so when we get to the so this is the beginning is what I'm saying is that at the end of all of this is the beginning for me. It's getting to the final question and then getting to a point to where you realize this could take years that. First of all, you have the answers already. <laughs> the second thing is, is that there's a lot of things that actually you, we still study and we still spend our time on trying to figure out that we've already been told the truth about a long time ago. And the only thing that's happening is every time we go to try to find information on that again, we're literally saying to ourselves that we did not believe what we heard last time. So if I tell you that you come from you know, an ancient lineage of very powerful beings, and, and if that's what you're looking for, you're looking to know where you came from so you can know where you're going. The moment you go again and try to find out more knowledge and information about those beings and what they were doing, where they would live in, what time they got up in the morning, what kind of crystals did they have, <laughs> all of those different kind of things. Until you complete all that quest, because those are the questions, until you complete that quest, you will be going through that quest subconsciously as if you do not believe what it is that you've heard already, that you come from that. So the interesting thing then is that the person will not be able to assume the role because that's what it actually takes. When you finally believe something, you assume the role. You go right into it. Like the king is not, oh, man, I wonder if I am I going to still be. How did I oh, you live the archetype or the mythology, so to speak. Well, or, actually, the, you become the archetype. Become the archetype. Exactly. Live, you be, become, you, be okay. you accept that. Because at this point, like I said, again, like you should have had already figured out that it was a continuum. You mm -hmm. should have already figured out that the tones and the vibrations, the wave, sometimes mm -hmm. called the great serpent, mm -hmm. is carrying itself through time, through these tones and vibrations. And that's what mantras are. And our bodies resonate. Our bodies are a living mantra. It's probably the reason why man is on the front of mantra. And, and man just in mm -hmm. that tends to just being matter. So, you know, this is about mantra right now, with the trance. About, Right, man. <laughs> cracking the yeah. cracking the final mystery. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, well, the what did Alan Watts say? The final cutting through, mm. right? And yeah. and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But you know, we can we can drive into this. We have two hours. Now, how's well, that? Now yeah, we got on the twenty four <laughs> minutes, right? But like, how about as far as like with the accepting of it, like possibly being a simulation? You had the Elon Musk thing talking about, yeah, this is probably not a base reality or whatever on that. What's up with that? Thing, well, I think. guess, you know, in, in, in Neil's hand in the movie The Matrix, <laughs> when he put it inside of the book, he put it inside of a book called Simulations and Simulacra. Mm -hmm. And it's just a sheer notion that I think James Gates, the physicist, James Gates. Uh, broke it down uh, probably as deep as it can really go, is that the nested bosom hmm. of the Dinkras patterns are basically showing you the mathematical connections between the switches hmm. that govern the reality. In order to hint that the ancient cultures actually just being in tune with themselves could admit the pattern that actually is the diagram of how this reality functions. And within that pattern, 
they found that it was very similar because this is a dualistic structure. It always tries to remain as a dualistic structure, even though it is trinary, but it tries to remain as a dualistic structure. structure. And because of that, there's a constant contrast. And this is why a person even has two eyes and in most cases, two different sides of the body. Right. Hmm. So in that, these contrasts give it a perception. So it does. Huh, that makes me think like everything by it's that like contract. dualistic, but with the third being hidden. So that's why we have occult it, science. And that, that hidden. And when huh. that third is hidden, hmm. it's what allows a person to actually tap into the dualistic tap. reality huh. and not really understand how it, they can even get out of it. Huh. Because basically that that hidden component hmm. where we can say it's sleep. Hmm. Okay, that's the that's the third eye. That's the Kundalini. Mm-hmm. That's the the total awareness. It's been given many different names. Mm-hmm. That that part goes to sleep, and then the dualistic forces begin to go at it. So this is no different than we see the sun and the moon, but we don't see oftentimes ourselves. Ah, that kind of goes to speak too when you say like as above, so below. But then there's like also the center, like micro, meso, macro, kind of mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because and that would literally be saying, what, what's there when this no longer exists? When the dualist, dualistic good and bad is gone, what remains? Ah, that even go like in, a, a even the, a another metaphor, like the two party system. Okay, you got the left and the right. Yeah, well, that's right sounding. Oh, that's left. What about the center? Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's conflicting. It's a, like you said, con- that one would be a constant conflict. How are we supposed to uh, resolve and have results without the third, which would be the center? Or, I mean, you know what I mean, Sadler? I mean, <laughs> well, there's a, there's a riddle on that. Oh, oh, <laughs> that, that cane, that con, that coin, that oh, piece. the con, yeah, that yeah, two-sided the, coin, coin, the coin <laughs> would yeah. always be mm. continuously flipping the sides, mm. and one would never see. Well, again, where is the center of it, right? Mm. And so that's why I said in the beginning, so what's the source behind the veil then? That's the final question. If I start answering that, asking that now, mm-hmm. I'll realize that I know the answer to that question at some point. It may take years. It may take weeks. Because at this point, now you just would be wrestling with your consciousness. And it's a great battle. You would be literally attempting to override a system that has become habitual huh. now, what for 30, about 40 years. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, is the Holy Spirit hiding what the feminine energy is supposed to be? I mean, I don't, I don't know where what you're pulling th- your information from. You <laughs> right into the conversation today. That's what I was referring to yeah, about yes. what is behind the veil. So yeah. let's just drive over hmm. there just a little bit. Here. Okay, okay. Because yeah. what ah. I, what I was unveiling here is has a lot to do with the veil. It's the okay. simple concept of realizing. First of all, the only way that we can navigate what we're dealing with here is to realize nothing is as it seems. Hmm. That we are always encouraged to look deeper. So there's a big part of the, the rabbit hole, so to speak, or the, the rabbit hole, yeah. even why it's called a rabbit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it referring to a rabbit? And yeah. why is rabbits always referring to fertility? Why is fertility always referring to women? But even deeper than that, why is it always referring to a womb? Mm. Right. Because So the rabbit hole is the womb. Okay. Right. So that's okay. mystify that for people. So because that, that's the hole that you would dump jump in. Right. Mm. And you will come out in a whole nother land. Ha. Huh. The Wonderland, and look, and, and this is this is so factual. Okay, so when a man mm. jumps into the rabbit hole, he will come out smaller, right? Because that's what the baby is. The baby is mm. a smaller version mm. of what the bigger one was doing. Mm. 
You see what I mean? So it's and then also when you come into another world, like you got you got to realize how this began, how this began is you were actually in a limitless space. It didn't have any boundaries. It didn't have any limits. So that also means that it was unique. It's full of unique. Hmm. So when you get put inside of here, you now go from having no limits to now gaining limits, gaining boundaries. But those limits and boundaries are geometric. They are the body. So that's the only way you come in. You come in as a spirit. You go through the womb just like it really happens in everyday life. And then when you come out, you now have skin, heart, lungs. You have all these different things, which are dense, dense versions, dense pieces of spiritual technology. And that's how you come into this quote unquote awareness and this is like a baby. Now, you know how the baby wakes up in the world It's shit like it's disorientating because you just came from a completely different zone and now you're in this zone. So, you know, just to, to hone in on a little bit more where you're saying now what this Holy Ghost. OK, yeah. what the Holy Ghost is, is a part of the deepest level of the of the mythos and not a myth as if it's not real, but the mythos of a code that if you understand the code. You can interpret everything that you're seeing around you in the reality truly. Ah, the, f the first mystery is sent as the description of a veil. So remember in Blavatsky's papers, I think that was the ISIS ah, papers, deciphering the Jesus. gnosis and everything. Okay, yeah, attempting to attempt, well, attempting. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what, she, what she's saying is right off the steel, right off the motif. It says, "Behold, I am ISIS, and no one has lifted my veil." Okay, and we'll just talk about just that part right away, just that part right there. Okay. Now, hmm. most people think that Isis is the female goddess of Egypt. Wrong. I Isis is a symbol. I-S-I-S, hmm. -S -S, a straight line and a curve. Okay. Ah. So within the word Isis is saying male, female. Okay. First of all, the word is just is. Is, you know, is. I said, you know uh, it just is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is okay. what it is. <laughs> so now when you merge them together, you get a dollar sign. Now mm. the dollar sign is the symbol of fertility. Okay? Because it takes a circle and a straight line to create something. It takes a male and a woman to create something. It's not just a female. Females are not just fertility. It's a male and a female that creates something fertile. So what IS is or ISIS is is a symbol of an androgynin. Androgyny. Okay. okay. An androgynin. Okay. Hmm. And this is the this is the first secret. This hmm. is the first chamber of secrets. And that's because, the alchemy too. That comes hand to hand with alchemy. Well, I mean, that is becoming androgynous. That is the high of alchemy because yeah. they're simply trying to express something that is is uh, is going on on the in on the spiritual level huh. within the alchemical elements around and uh, and trying to reperform. And for some reason, it reminds me also on a microscopic level. Microscop it reminds me of David Bowie and Prince. The androgynous simple, uh, principle and the alchemy principle there is through no music. society. Yeah. Ah. Listen to what I'm saying. There okay. is no society, known or secret, or that secret. does not have as its highest symbol, its capstone, okay. an androgyn, ah. an androgynous symbol. Right? Mm. Whether it's the Baphomet, which is androgynous. Mm. Whether it's the, the the angel, as they refer to it in in the Kabbalistic tradition, the Cadman, so all these like are the Metatron, are or Metatron, or is it the yeah. exactly because what they are is they're externalizations of a force. They're trying to explain to you the force 
it, that came first on the physical plane mm. had both of the things inside of it, what we call male and female, and thus could create from itself. Okay, and that's the beginning of all the secret societies is that realization of that knowledge that that king was also a queen. Even the word king comes from Kahin, hmm. which is the Cohen. And these words have never changed. These are, this is the priest, king, male, female, goddess, which is the goddess. Does that right? go hand in hand with the uh, what's the one? Abraxas? Is that also going well, with Well, that, that's or the child. The child. Abraxas, the three, 365, is uh, a deviation a from deviation. Its, its mother, 360. And, and so Abraxas has always been known as the child, the cockhead. This is basically Jesus right okay, now. Okay, yeah. And he switches his name. I don't know why and, that and, brought that up. It just made me think of that for some reason. Well, I mean, it's all tied in. Tied in. I would like yeah. to give, you know, before we go any further, everyone yeah, yeah. a disclaimer. If, okay. If, if just, you, <laughs> it, it, it's very important to give the disclaimer. If okay. you came to the conversation today to actually find out something that you can blame, <laughs> to find out something that you can now associate with why you're having such a problem and why everything, why you've been held back, please stop the conversation. <laughs> because that would be, again, like I said in the beginning, trying to process something that is much more out of the scope of bad or good yeah. with a mind that is trying to put it into It is the, a process. The, we are in, the, in, in these physical bodies articulating ourselves about something that could be in, infinitely talked about because it's <laughs> exactly and so we would yeah. need to come out of that yeah and i guess that that's the part of hey it just is okay that's just the nature so, of process or the, the process of nature i guess <laughs> well it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean again curve and straight line now so yeah yeah, yeah. okay here we go here it is, is. Yeah. The line together you get the the greek symbol of phi phi right phi which comes up a lot with uh yeah in metaphysical and, and talks, spiral yeah. is time mm -hmm. and and time and spirals are also related to the snake okay and so let's go ahead and decrypt vault number two of the mysteries now the serpent the mm -hmm. most cunning beast of the field not to be confused with a dragon who mm -hmm. has wings okay the serpent actually is a symbol of two things the skin or the outer sheath which is called the shield that's always shimmering and then it's internal, which is known to swallow, which is sometimes known as the womb, that the entire cosmos is actually in the side of the belly of a snake. And that's why when you see the symbolism, Jesus is vomited out of the mouth of the snake and is supposedly now coming to his full level of ascension. Uh, and the reason why it's mentioned that way is because that the knowledge of the rainbow snake as a symbol and how old that symbol is. And that symbol is there because just as there's seven, let's say, seven sisters in the Pleiades, there's also seven colors in the rainbow, just like we have seven days out of the week, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. And what this leads us to is it leads us to the skin. First of all, the code is alpha and omega, okay? Hmm. The beginning and the end. So if I wanted to find the beginning and the end inside of the bodies, I wouldn't find it in life and death. I would find it from womb to skin, from the deepest levels inside. As I said, the womb is the deepest level. That's the rabbit hole hmm. to the furthest level outside, which is called the surface of the crust, which is the skin. Now, the skin on the outside of the human body, which actually is the largest organ, 
dominates all of the other organs because a person won't even think about their heart, their stomach, their spleen, any of that stuff more than they'll think about their skin. That's why they're always in front of the mirror, right? And then if you, your best friend, if he came in the room with his skin off, you would catch up out of there. You wouldn't even recognize that it was him. You'd be like, is this an Alex Gray painting? Hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It would be, you again, a person is not familiar with seeing hmm. things with the skin off. It would disturb the, them, so to speak. That's why such things as uh, what uh, what we consider to be the levels of beauty, ugliness, deformities, or any other things of that nature. I think that helped. That that, that uh, plays a lot with uh, the psychology of ourselves. Uh, I obviously. mean, it plays yeah. every role ah, in the psychology yeah. because ah. actually there wouldn't be much differentiations. Like mm. I'm sure that a person, like, he's got a heart. He's pink. I'm <laughs> too. He's red. I'm yeah. red over there too. And yeah. you know, it wouldn't like there would never be as many rain. There wouldn't be as much of the rainbow. There wouldn't be any colors, my friend. Mm-hmm. And then there's no colors. And there's no race. There's no competition. Ah, so competition. this is all a part of. The design, the design is, is the last layer is the skin in the skin. That outer layer, actually, when you look at in the in the in the Latin, the word skin is derma and then epidermis. Right. Like the epidermis. Yeah. But But you have the derma. It comes funny, too, that skin rhymes with sin. Like the skin is the sin. Like what about the veils like of uh, Muslim women have to bear full veil? Because if you see even single any skin it's almost like yeah you because it, it's a it's, code it's a it's code, a code okay. in relation and that's mm. why that's why pierre sabak you know david ike you know is, mm. is kind of even a joke compared to pierre mm. but going deep into the real the language of arabic to show that everything is actually a reference to the snake everything mm. is a reference mm. to the serpent and as as they're worship as if they're worshiping and as if they have an, a, a lineage of those kind of beings there and that is the truth. But this, but see, the reason why, okay, so this is where the confusion comes from. Because confusion, when okay. we say divine feminine, mm-hmm. the first thing that happens is a person imagines a woman. When we say goddess, the first thing that happens, a person imagines a woman. But the force that we're actually talking about is the force that is behind the eyes of a female frog, behind the eyes of a female lion, behind the eyes of female insects. Hmm. So it's not actually a human. It's a force. A creative force behind the... Exactly. And that force is veiled. So see, the thing is, is that in the reality, then they would then veil to ch- just kind of to roll this like a, like a real characters in a play. Everyone has to wear their costumes. Hmm. They would veil the woman as a symbol that the divine feminine force, which is actually a reference to the serpent is veiled, hidden. The true role of the serpent has not really been cracked by most people hmm. because it's so coded. So one coded. part of the code is that outer layer, that skin, that's what actually creates the illusion, right? We got to look at this on the, as we always say, as above, so below. Mm-hmm. So the as below version is the skin, right? But mm-hmm. what is the as above version of the skin? Huh. It would be the illusion. It would be like if I go in the mirror every morning and Reflection. I keep imagining uh-huh. that that's me, I would start living life in literally an illusion. And that's, illusion. of course, where everyone is, right? Hmm. Like, uh, just saying it as it is. Like, first of all, the, the, the only way one can recover from something is to admit it. That's AA, right? Huh. 
So AA is actually or... a symbol of the Illuminati. AA means a system that one can use to break habits. That's all that's being revealed there. And that's why that system is so powerful. But the first step is admittance. Mm. So once a person admits that, hey, maybe maybe I don't have everything under control. Maybe I don't know Overcoming what's Overcoming denial. Die. Maybe I'm, I'm not completely yeah. Yeah. The, this head honcho thing that I think that I really am because I haven't been able to authenticate that. Then you will be putting yourself into the position of being able to know the truth. And the truth of the matter is, again, when you come inside of this being, that's why the archons, which are degrees of the arc, were related to the organs in the body. Because when you pass through the rainbow, the highest book in masonry of initiation is called the bridge to the light. And there's a rainbow growing across a bridge. When you come through that rainbow and you get equipped with all your organs and then that final sheath, hmm. the skin, then you come out into this reality and now you're actually in the illusion where nothing is as it seems. You're in Wonderland now. You see? Hmm. And then now most people don't make it out of Wonderland because when they start looking in the mirror, and this is the Toltec knowledge about the Toltec mysteries, Sergio Magana's work. Okay. What happens huh. is, is that when you start looking into the mirror, you start believing that you're the person in the mirror. And then the most important transformation happens when you go to sleep. You start thinking that the character that you're dreaming in the body of hmm. is the same character that you're seeing in the mirror. This is how time becomes locked. Huh. This is the point that you get actually locked in time because... And because the dream is actually generally it can be on a cog, meaning on a part of the clock that actually can even see what's going to happen thousands of years from now on hmm. the planet Earth. So the dream world, the body that you're using there is the real time machine. That's why you can take it over to different places so fast. Right. Hmm. It's even greater than a time machine as we've conceived it on Earth. Because you can even animate other things around the scene that you're you're going into. So the truth is, is that now when that dream body, when you lose control of it, when a person is no longer lucid, hmm. what happens is, is that they go into this assumption that, hey, that person I'm seeing in the dream is me. It's the guy that's in the reality. Y'all, I'm doing stuff. But the training is what the Toltecs were doing is first they nullified their character here. That was by staring in an obsidian mirror, which absorbs rather than reflects absorbs okay. absorbs hmm. that way you can nullify the character you can make that character disappear so it doesn't have any value or weight because if you got weight you can't travel so what happens is, is that once that character is nullified then you start having an obe inside of the dream huh. where you literally start seeing the character that is running in the dream so you start basically witnessing, instead of seeing it from the first person point of view, you start seeing the character go through the process of the dream. Now, you know you're dreaming because this is the part of the process of the teaching. Hmm. Then when you're able to do that, the first thing that you notice is that that character is not you. And that every night you shift into another character. And these are called the parallels. These are the other yous. Okay. And so the goal is, is actually to reel all those back in to basically to nullify those lives also, because where that world is that you're experiencing and probably 98 percent of the people of the world are experiencing is something that Toltecs called Miklas. It's the shadow of the moon. It's hmm. basically where everything that has happened in the past, habits, 
deaths, dead people, people you've lost, regrets, all of that lives in that world. And few never leave Miklas. So imagine if you believe the character you're seeing in the dream is the character that's in the mirror. And then the place that you're actually in in the dream is just in the memories or the shadow of a world that continuously casts these shadows. There's always things happening at, in the as above status of things that's affecting the as below status of things. Is this they're taking a command? And then this rolls it right back into this whole computeristic side of things to where a person just receives. Like they wait for something to act on them and then they respond. Hmm. It's like they and they get so crazy at it, it's like turning on the TV. Let me get programmed. That's huh. exactly what it says. Right. Hmm. And then the, and then I started looking even deeper also into this into the hypnosis. Right. Because the hypnosis also kind of uncovers some stuff just on a logical level that if a person can be pulled into uh, uh, like even seeing what happened when they were five in a classroom, <laughs> but they can't see that when they're quote unquote conscious. Like, hey, you remember you were five year old and in the classroom? Man, are you crazy? I don't remember when I was five years old. Put him under hypnosis. Hey, you remember five? Where you at? I'm walking in the classroom. What's your <laughs> teacher? Mrs. Mrs. Right. Wesley, who's the person sitting next to you? It's Virginia. Do you like Virginia? Yes, she's huh. cute. Why is this happening? Right. And it's because the wall the barrier that is generally between what we call life and death is now gone. And the person can see all of the memories in the continuum. And be able to access that. And be able to access. Hypnotic okay? method. Hmm. So this is, this knowledge is so liberating. Hmm. You see what I mean? And yeah. that's some people, you know, they, that's why I say you can't handle the truth because of course a lot of people go into the fear factor, right? But when you start absorbing this, you just sit through it for a while, mm. it becomes so liberating because you realize that through a sequence from here on, at least through a sequence of just natural, <laughs> natural all knowingness, you will eventually crack the entire code for yourself. You will solve your own personal riddle. Mm. Then when you move from there, you'll solve your, what we would call the family riddle. This is the people immediately around you that, you know, you're just trying to wonder, how did I even get born into this? Why is this my best friend, et cetera? That immediate riddle will be solved. Huh. Then you will solve your national riddle. This is the city or town you're, you're from or whatever, that tribe or whatever. You'll the solve scene that riddle. Or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Exactly. And mm -hmm. then maybe, maybe if you have gotten the whole thing mastered, you'll solve the world riddle hmm. for yourself. The world <laughs> riddle. The world riddle. Okay. And, you know, and people that do that are more effective at assisting others in the reality than people who don't. Because when they say, I know where you're coming from, they can really say that now. They they're not they wouldn't be just lying because hmm. they don't even know where where they came from. So how the hell are they going to know where where you came from? World, it was like when we go into the, like the metaphor for, for like world teachers or is like the world teacher that have it, like it, uh, it, it's it's simple. It's templating yeah, templating. What the sun's doing is basically the sun comes across the sky every single day and processes what's in the cloud. That's why mm -hmm. we have that system in the computer. Mm -hmm. When it processes within the cloud, everything that you think, especially the ideas and things that, that you'd never finish, right? All those thoughts, they're all in the cloud. And actually, they it's more in the geometric form that's really easy to read. You can read it really fast if you know that language. Huh. So when the sun comes through, it basically will process all of that. And, but it's never anything new under the sun. Seldom does the sun see a code that is unique. But when it does, it will push power into that code. Because, see, where we're at, like I said, in this dimension where we're at, it's 
still not fooled. You can't fit everything in here just like you can't fit everything inside of your mind. Nobody hmm. will ever know everything from a huh. mental level. And that makes me right? think about the whole uh, reality manipulation uh, thing with as far as like concepts with CERN being able to manipulate reality and like the Mandela effect and all those different mm -hmm. kind of things that go in with that. Yeah, I mean, it would just be when smaller gr groups of collectives begin to hmm. alter things because that's where they're focusing their that would be where they're focusing their attention I, but i think that those could be often distractions because the distractions, biggest one is things okay. like christianity hmm. where you have millions of people focusing on a collective end <laughs> and and working night and day as they say toiling night and day to make it as it is in heaven on earth so that would be more the the things to caution to and then things yeah. like the mandela effect here are very plausible because Basically, nothing is static. <laughs> and that's just we're taught that just in everyday life, that one thing that you can always count on happening is change. It seems like you experience that more, too, under with uh, different kinds of uh, altered states. It seems like there's reality switches or I don't know what you um, trying to describe those times when you think like it's like the Twilight Zone effect or something like it. Well, you're not in well, the same it, dimension I, you know, I as you. The, or the easiest term is sliding. Sliding. Oh, yeah. When sliders. you slide out of uh, one reality into yeah. another. And, and sliding, because they're only a couple clicks behind, you will only notice that there are certain things that are not the same. Like there'll be like your friend had three children. Now he's got two. Huh. And this becomes difficult to kind of discuss with people, especially they haven't experienced that because they think that everything is linear. So they don't understand how they can literally that everyone here, actually, that everyone is in a different time, if you may, that person uniquely as themselves, which that's the, to me, the only person that matters in the whole thing is me, because when I close my eyes, everybody else's eyes don't close. Right. If I have a dream, probably everybody else is not going to have that same dream. And the reason why that's important to do, because it gets your calculations perfect. You stop basing what's happening to you on what's going to happen to everyone else and what's <laughs> happening in the reality. You don't add those. You don't mm -hmm. put those different things into your equations for your projections. You come to and, find and out what works for about, you. We're just talking about yeah, travel. Yeah. Right. I mean, you come to find out what works for you through your mind and you take from whatever you learn from everybody else to see how it would would, would uh, benefit yourself. I mean, everything, yeah. it, everything yeah. is a subject, right? Subject, like, in right. a tense to like you would study yourself. Mm. You would study your friends, you will study the people around you and study in a tense to not, not judging. That's another <laughs> thing that people think right. that studying judging and is judging, studying. Yeah. but you need to completely know the whole story before you start judging. Of course, in the beginning of my ascent, there was a lot of judgment going on. Like I could only process things by putting them in categories, but the further and further I got on the ascent, I realized that if I really wanted to know what was going on, like that was just telling the truth to myself, not just trying to gratify myself off of trying to figure out whose fault it was, which is a medication for a person who's been physically, psychologically, and maybe spiritually abused. Trauma. Right? Trauma. If, if a person is ready to really know the answers to those questions, then you <laughs> got to see it 360 degrees. Huh. So this yeah. density, that's why it begins with a D, this dimension hmm. actually only allows a person to see generally half of what's really going on and that's polarized within what they believe they are so if they think they're a good person then they don't see bad and if they think they're a bad person they don't see good to finally realize that both of those both of those are still all components of a mechanization and where you're looking what you're looking for is you're looking to get in the center 
center. Right? Like we were yeah, talking We're getting earlier. back to the center. Yeah. And to exactly. the center. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there could be a huge endeavor to want to go and be good. Mm-hmm. And that endeavor would overshoot someone from being central mm-hmm. to come into the realization that, first of all, the yin and the yang of the reality mm-hmm. cannot be put on brakes. So you're not going to stop the bad things from happening here no more than you're going to stop the good things from happening here. Even if the good bad is te- televised more on the news. Whether or not the forces it, it, are against you or are there for you in your favor. Exactly, yeah. because the, 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 the system is at what itself corrects itself as a script running hmm. that has few errors. Like this is not the system is not erroring out where it is, is about probably two to three months in a nine month phase of gestation. So it's very deformed. Hmm. And it's still in its premature stage, right? So people don't know what that looks like, right? But this is what it looks like because there'll be a crescendo to this. There'll be a crescendo to the chomps and all this stuff. There'll be a crescendo to that hmm. that will load itself. And that's what I was saying earlier as templates. It will Template. load itself okay. into the consciousness of the system, which a processor, which we're calling the sun, hmm. will come through and process that. So when people are truly ready, and this could happen individually, and this can happen also collectively, simultaneously. When people are ready, ah. the projection that is bigger than this, because the, always the bigger mind wins. So you see, when so when we become convinced as a collective, if that happens, that we are ready for this next reality, and we actually then we know what that looks like. Not just ready. You got to know. You can't just be ready to start a business. You have to know how businesses work. <laughs> You can't. You see what I mean? So this is in order to take action. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we're working on that, though. I think we're developing towards that. I mean, I, I, can't, I don't if, think it could be stopped. Yeah. I just, I just, I just don't I, wait around on it. Though. Yeah. Like, I, I think we're helping like, things accelerate. Thing I, I think you're, you're helping things accelerate. And I think there are many others are working towards that goal as well. So where we can have the like, remember, we talk about the next platform being like into an everyday basis so we can be able to. Even, you know, explore more, maybe, is the word. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see um, the earth as a negative place in a place that I don't want to be. See, ah, I'm an opti- okay. I'm never You're going, never going to load that program. You know, the optimi- then you optim- go jump off, jump off a bridge then already. Oh. The thing <laughs> is, is that it's whatever you make of it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and when you're a creator, that's what's being demanded of you. Mm. It's, hey, create something or live in this shit then. Right. You know, get up, build something, do something with what you have, do something with those talents, which are, you know, the, the units of, 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 of gold or currency. Huh. Uh, uh, do something with those talents so that way you can get more utilized. Or, that, or, or, or we can reward yourself. Uh, we can reward you for what you're doing in the system. And I'm not saying that's reward. like a God trying to reward you. Hmm. I'm just saying we're in a peer to peer system hmm. that when we send out the proper stimulus, I call that matrix mechanics. Matrix then we mechanics. get okay. the results of what we sent into the system. But if we send the wrong program, hmm. if we send mixed, also mixed signals, Sir. then we don't get any, anything back. And because duality itself is one big mixed signal, it literally gets all the way almost to the end, which would be the completion, to only turn around and go back into the same direction. Entanglement. And this is well, I guess combustion. Combustion? Because, oh. <laughs> yeah, because that's how a piston does. It uh, almost gets to, and then it flips over and comes back down. And then that, mm. that oscillating motion between those two forces creates energy. It creates, it animates, basically. That's the animates. animation and the reality. Mm. 
So at the end of the day, you know, I'm not I'm not looking to put again, put brakes on something like that. What I'm looking for is that graduated stage, which is, mm-hmm. again, we're going to spiritual technology, which is the means of to uh, for ascension, so to speak. Well, I mean, or, if I wanted to develop applications for individuals to att- to get more familiar with those phases so that mm-hmm. they can ultimately do that within themselves naturally, then I could. And we would call that spiritual technology. OK, but in the strictest tense. For those that are ready to make that process, that process is here now for all of us. And I've developed many different tools and put forth many different messages in order to bring forth the realization of the all-knowing stage and how to get into that all-knowing stage. Now, this is still something that you, a person individually is going to have to do themselves. They're going to have to put themselves into that stage and choose to do that. But now we at least know that it's there or people who are following my message know that it is there, that you can ask questions forever and it will go on infinitely. That's actually thought, which is thought, T-H-O-T-H or the thought, the God of of the God, the father of the the, the God of writing or the father of writing or something like writing mathematics. Mathematics, Right. And other entities fit that same motif. But what it's just saying is, is that it's the God of division, putting Mm. things into containers organizing and, you know because uh. that's what that's what thoughts really are it's just like okay i say cat so i just carved with that word from nothingness a form and given myself a meaning of what that form is so that's division so then words are really swords they're basically tools to cut from the unlimited something finite and limited mm. and of course it has a termination meaning it it has to end because it's living an illusion (laughs) that's why there's nothing that needs to necessarily happen because it will all it will happen at a certain point people will individually wake up in their own time and at their own speed from the illusion because when they get more real with themselves there's only one more state Mm. and that was the state and that's the state actually that they long for that's the state that they're most familiar with that's the state that when they enter they feel like they're being welcomed back they feel like they don't want to leave like oh, there's been many people who have, have you feel had, welcome. Huh. Yeah. They, yeah, they feel huh. like everything that they lost is there. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So I don't need to hear that story 10 or 20 times. I already heard it enough <laughs> to realize that that is a real space. Hmm. And because we have the ability to be anywhere we want to be in our consciousness. And I'm saying I, I had to do this every day and then I'm perfect. at it. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling people now I'm aware of it and I'm deprogramming myself from the old ways of thinking the programmed ways of thinking and then i'm creating a new template i'm giving myself the time and the ability to actually become something greater and i'm not trying to allow that old hindrance i'm not trying to be put i'm not trying to have the veil put back on ourselves myself because remember in the in the reality when the female is veiled or the feminine force is veiled this every person has a feminine side inside of them And it just means they will never discover what that feminine creative component really is. What is the mystery behind all of that? And and then that obviously is the agenda of the people who are beings or whatever the hell is running the reality, including myself. See, because people need to realize that that is everybody's agenda (laughs) to hold themselves back until they come out of that kind of state of consciousness. And that's just saying it as it is. And also the reason why there's so much power in that, meaning telling yourself, uh, bring yourself under the awareness that you, it is you that's holding you back 
is because that basically disempowers any other force that you've given energy to by saying that that is the reason why we have not prospered, we have not gone anywhere, we don't know anything, etc. I can only discount it to if I get attracted because some people are like, well, how do we get here? I was attracted to this. Okay. Hmm. And when I got attracted to this, when we had six or sex, this came out, which I'm calling me right now. Hmm. Okay. And that's what I was telling everyone. See, before you were in a space that was, had no limits. You uh. saw this and were attracted to it. That's why there's no, they always say there is only eyeballs, <laughs> one big all seeing eye. You hmm. see it. You're attracted to it. I think people need to read the riddles. If Jesus was here, that meant that whoever God was, was attracted to the earth, had sex with it, and Jesus came out. The closest they get to that, and this is still just cracking through the mythology, is telling you that Mary got pregnant by an angel. Because that's literally what it's saying in the text. But even to infer certain things like that, because the angels are genderless. It goes like what, the Nephilim? Or what is it, the Nephilim? I think is what I, I mean that, that would give uh, oh, no. more of a story to it because uh, obviously yeah. there were multiple Nephilim, but it hmm. is just the act again of that the act. There's okay. an there's an androgynous being hmm. that goes into some conception with the divine feminine hmm. and then begins to birth certain things, and hmm. those things become known as humans. Hmm. And then when the when this androgyn who has male and female inside of its body in equal equations goes inside of the womb. He gets, that's why they call him Deuce after that. He gets dualized to where the first thing is he, or it, excuse me, either leans left or right. This then allows it to gestate as a male or female, right? Hmm. So this is letting us know that's why this is the world of division, because it will take an androgen, cut it in half, and then have a male on this side and a woman on that and a, and, a, uh, and a female on this side. And forever will they be attracted. Those two forces will be attracted to one another. And in that attraction, which we can see in physics, again, we can see in mechanics, engineering, through that attraction, there will be energy. And it is energy, just like they say, hey, everything in the world is energy. It is energy that creates the worlds. Just like those two forces, male and female, are the ones who are creating the worlds. Now, when it comes to the cars, all this in the, the trees and, and the birds and the buildings, all that came from our minds. Because our minds are so powerful that anything that we want to conceive, hmm. we think about it. And then we go and the process was we would go and ah, live in. That reminds me of the story with the, the Aboriginal origins saying that they sang life into existence, the song lines kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even deeper, the Mandi tradition, hmm. which is, you know, the actually root to most African tribes hmm. and, yeah. and uh, actually is the root even to the Dogen story. Like many people think the Dogen story is one of the oldest story, but it's actually the Mandi. Mandy? And the Mandi, okay. the, the Dogans took their story from the Mandi. They were all the same people, but the Mandi were in the nucleus. Mm. Okay. The Mandi bring forth men like Mansa Musa. You see what I mean? You know, who bought inf- uh, 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 what they call inflation to Egypt when he just passed through because he has so much gold. But it's, it's it goes even deeper. It goes deeper into things like even this recent series that I'm going to do a little cult breakdown of called American Gods. Ah, okay. When they show you a character known as Bilkis, Mm. who's known as the Queen of Sheba, okay, and how she's a man eater, 
<laughs> and this is a reference, meaning that she put the man inside of her and he disappeared. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, that's crazy. That's horrible. <laughs> but honestly, that happens every single day where the man in his seed germ form will go inside of that womb hmm. and then will be swallowed by that womb. Huh. And he will be he will live in that world because, look, if every then if every womb then is a is an arc. OK, because <laughs> that's what it is. If every womb is an arc. And when you put this seed inside of this arc two by two, because that's mitosis, when that seed starts to germinate, it then lives. And let me make it very simple. It then lives in the world of that woman's lineage. So making it very simple. So if you go, let's say, to China, meet this Chinese girl and y'all doing y'all thing, mm -hmm. she gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. That seed now will live in that lineage. You see what I mean? Like it will come out now half Chinese, part Chinese, right? Half Chinese mm -hmm. and half generally, right? So that's already showing you the division. Mm -hmm. So it'll come out half Chinese. Then it will start to live in the Chinese world, the Oriental world. It will start loading the Oriental programs because it will believe that hey, that's where I come from. Mm. I'm from the Orient. And then that as long as that line continues to pass down and there's never any awareness within that line, that will continue on. They will live in those worlds and people don't don't, don't see it like that. But that's actually what's happening. They will go and they will live in those worlds. Mm. So now where I'm at is, is I, I look at the whole thing and I'm like, OK, <laughs> now I can just get myself centered Forget about the past, okay? Hmm. Because see, what happens is with the past is you got to load it. So you need, literally, I, mean, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I don't care if it's Egypt. I don't care if it's the pyramids. I don't care whatever it is. I still have to load it. Atlantean records process. or, yeah. Well, loading it means like if I just give you, if I sit down with you and I say, okay, this is Metuneter. Mm -hmm. And this is what went on 3,000 years ago in Kemet. Huh. And I start giving you all the details, right? You, to, to perceive what I'm telling you, you got to load the words. Uh, yeah. And then the words, they got to come through your mind so that you can say, okay, I understand what you're saying. Okay, so tell me what was going on in this area. So you got to do that whole process before you, or else you would just be sitting there dumb. So the thing uh, is, I, yeah. you got to load it. But it, because yeah. you load it, and this is what we have to be aware of. Okay. When you load it, you literally put it into the mind. And because the mind is always been controlled by the overarch, meaning that there is a it's like mother brain. It's a large, vast level of consciousness that created the languages, the math, all those different things. That's all its stuff. So the moment that you come into the mind trying to process it, now the mind is aware that you're thinking about that because <laughs> that's you see what I mean this is hmm. deep stuff because hmm. that's where thinking comes from for most people hmm. see I know how to you to think but not use my mind but the thing is so let's just stay here for a minute so okay. now that you when you use the mind to think now the overarch is aware of what you're thinking about so then what happens is it always sends a code back it's so fast it could do this so proficiently it sends a code back in response to whatever your thoughts are and this code then guides where the thought goes from there. And the importance is so whether it needs to be something that said that boosts your ego, demoralizes you. See, you think that you're saying it to yourself. But I always say that if that's you talking inside of your mind, then who's listening? Hmm. 
we hear this voice as if it's our own. Hmm. What does the Arabic Quran say? Allah protect me from, from the whispers of shaitan, the ah. great snake. What's being referred to is that the overmind moves through all minds as if it is them. And it sounds like the person giving them suggestions. Oh, did you see what he just did? Hmm. This is bonkers, yo. I'm about to, I'm about to get out of here. Oh man, I want to go to the store tomorrow. Like, are you, you going to go down there? Do you think you're going to see? Do you <laughs> think that the, all those thoughts are you of being that actually what was that, the void, or is those impulses that you act upon? Hmm. Well, it, all that again is uh, fluids. Fluids. Hmm. It's energy. Hmm. It's vibration. It's a wave. It's a frequency. And so when we talk about waves and we talk about frequencies and we see them visually, we see serpents because they move in that wave. And this is not the snake that you see outside in your garden. We're talking about the as above version of that yes. as a symbol. You see what I mean? As a symbol. Mm -hmm. So, again, we're not saying this is the evil one. Yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. saying this right. is the good one. We're just saying this is how the reality functions. It's mm -hmm. organic. See, they, they, of course, they want to make it a machine because they're in a, in a robot and an android and hmm. all these different a, a projection, a computer simulation, because that's how they think. That's the mind now that they're thinking it in. So they're using uh, the language uh, of what kind of reminds me of the whole to uh, try to define the world that they're living in, because it's giving them uh, a little bit more of a window in than most of the things that they have to use to peer into those windows, because even the religions now, the popular ones. They don't even really give you a window into the mechanics of how the back room works versus the old religions or what you would say are customs. They do give you some windows into how the mechanics work and they even offer an opportunity for you to put yourself through a process called the rites of passage to where you can start to become a custodian in the process so you can live out your dharma, meaning when you love this thing so much and came through it. You had a purpose, and that purpose is known as your dharma. So it puts you back in the same category of where your dharma is, so you can fulfill your purpose, so you can feel complete. Huh. And then you're complete when you leave. That's actually called fulfillment. Hmm. When you leave, you don't feel like you need to come back here. So there's no reincarnations. There's no none of that because there's no regrets. There's no looking back. You have ascended, and this is, so to speak. And, right? and, and, and then there's a lot of metaphors about hmm. looking back. Huh. They talk about looking back, you turn the stone. They talk about looking into the Medusa, salt. you turn the stone. Turn the salt. Be turn and these references huh. are just simply saying that the more you go backwards, the denser you will become. Hmm. Okay. So that's when you then look at reincarnation as a scale of uh, extension to the ecosystem. Ecosystem. To where okay. if you act like a dog all your life... Hmm. <laughs> Don't be surprised if you just come back as one because they are like one rung down from where humans are, according to the genetics of hmm. their hybridization. Ha. And then you have probably then below that cats. Hmm. And then, because those are all hybrids, like the cat is actually a hybrid between the lion and the snake. The hmm. dog is a hybrid, he's a hybrid wolf and a few other things, pig, a few other things. Huh. So okay. those are hybrids. That kind of so reminds that, me that of the, the whole article that came out recently they said that they spliced a gene with the human and the pig and it made me think instantly of the island of dr morrow and that other movie was it splice mm -hmm. and all that now what do you think of the 
the consequences or circumstances. Well, in scriptures, they refer to it as abomination that causes desolation, but that was mm. man. Man, oh, that like, was that was man. It, it, yeah, it is like <laughs> the desolation is actually what we're seeing right now. This okay. is just a natural part of the entire process. Like okay. they would love every time they love to try to make anything the end all, finish all, but there's no end, mm. and people are more afraid of that than trying to load for one moment that hey, maybe this thing doesn't end, and maybe if I never figure it out, then I just will be in this neverness, never figuring it out. Never Not that it was going to end at a certain <laughs> never point. Right? Wow. So that so that's the that's the thing that we're talking about here mm. is, is we're. You know, and I love the conversation day because I think yeah. we've so fluently dissected a thing, but still had a little fun with it <laughs> for a person to realize once again that, you know, it is. So whether you struggle against it, whether you go for it, whether you try to worship it, whether you disavow from it, yeah. it doesn't change it from being what it is. Yeah. The key here is to actually become the navigator. And this is, you know, a big hmm. part to seg in, segue into that's very big but short. Hmm. And what I mean by this is that, see, the navigator comes into the realization because after you kick back off all this you know you could run around the house you could scream you could yell ah. you may even try to jump off something and you know and fail but when you're done doing all that you'll come back to it again and when you come back to it you'll start to sit down and you'll get you'll get yourself comfortable you start to relax and you start to instead of think no what am i dealing with hmm. and when i put myself into that position it was when i started realizing that first of all i already knew what was going on and I just replayed the story to myself. So the story supposedly is when this thing opens, what they call the vault, the whole dimension is flooded. They call that the deluge. This would then infer, according to what's just there, which is even in the Sumerian text, that actually there's water on outside of this. So I start thinking, is it possible that there's actually water outside of this? Right? So as I thought about that, the main thing that clicked with me is because NASA's always lying. Hmm. They're always looking for water. <laughs> they think water is the sign that there's going to be life, right? Because they want to make everyone think there's no water in space. So that means there's water in space. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you out. That's ha. how you outsmart a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> you see yeah. what I mean? Just turn it on its head. That's what yeah. an upside down pentagram is. It's the entire reality inverted. Mm. So you just turn it back upright. And then you'll see that, okay, so there's water out there. So is there proof of that? A hundred percent. In all the ancient books, they refer to that out there as actually the ocean. And the reason why they were saying that that was literally like we had a replica of that in our oceans, hmm. right? It was like a replica. So does that so, go into the whole, all, all into the play of what is accurate as far as the dynamics of the, our universe? I mean, from whose standpoint? Like uh, as far as like our the, standpoint, yeah, yes. <laughs> from everyone else's standpoint, they think that it's basically a vacuum in space. But the thing yeah. is, OK, so it's water. So hmm. you, you can connect this in all all, all societies of knowledge okay. because they explain to you. And this is just a let me give you a window in. OK, so if you can imagine some of the entities that live inside of our ocean, like those large squid, <laughs> mainly them and hmm. uh, those whales. Okay. So imagine just as small as ours is. If space was a big one, what we're calling space, if that's a big ocean, how large are the life forms that live out there then? Ooh. Ah, now we're starting to see what's happening here. So then this space actually that we're in is known as the it's a hermetically sealed vault. Huh. OK, so I guess you could give this being the term the architect, but that arc would be the same angelic 
androgynous force that I was discussing earlier, that okay. old king, hmm. which is also queen, mm-hmm. built an ark, <laughs> just like it says in the thing. But their stories just all moved around. Hmm. And then inside of the ark, it placed <laughs> different seeds and forms. So the ark and the ark has been continuously reproducing and doing its own thing ever since. And that's what Earth is. It's it's an ark. Now, there's many of these arcs. So the thing, though, is, is that the entire planet, then, for you to understand it, because when we say that this thing built it like an ark, Freemasons think that they're dealing with a man with a hammer because <laughs> they still don't get it. What we're dealing with is actually it was a, a womb that bought forth a seed out of its womb. Mm. Okay. And that seed, which we're calling Earth now, all of the life forms, not different variations, but all of the life forms are part of one being. These are all the variations of one being. Now, of course, metaphysically, everyone, no, we all came from the same. And we all, but they can't seem to understand what that really means. And mm. the easiest way to see it as, okay, well, just see Earth as a big seed. And all of the little things that are here, the different trees, the plants, the humans, the whole nine, are all variations of that one form. Just like when we pull our own bodies open, we see liver, spleen, heart, kidney, etc. And there's even microorganisms, tons of them living all in there. And they're all a part of the same form living inside of something that is one form and then we're then redundantly one form living inside around a bunch of them and that's that's called what they call that a a holographic realm Hmm. right it's repletion it's basically a system self-replicating on itself like a fractal fractal so in that realization then this means the seed which is still more like an egg because it's like an organic form is destined to gestate now certain beings here Hmm. they gestate faster just like everything has different gestation cycles that's their orbits okay so some of us are like first fruits on the tree right now we're already ripe and everything is all still green the final process is the vault gets open and then we're let out into the ocean this is was the conclusion of the ancient knowledge Hmm. We're let out into the vast open space. And if we know how to navigate, and that's what a lot of the teachings were attempting to instill within. Navigating our consciousness? Navigating the force. The force. That is moving throughout everything like a current. Okay. Okay. So just like, and I'm going to simplify this for you. Okay. Like a boat. When a boat gets on the ocean, right, if you're a real seller, a mm-hmm. real nautical genius, mm-hmm. you never, never have to strain. Because if you just ride the current, hmm. it will take you everywhere hmm. and in season. See, this was the po- this is the power of the wheel, hmm. because if you know, like right just recently, of course, we, of course, we had Easter. OK, mm-hmm. so Easter with the bunny and all that obviously related to venus fertility the eggs etc right okay. but just tuning into yourself you probably would have felt inside that you felt more fertile than normal maybe two to three times is fertile hmm. because generally during those times you're supposed to plant within huh. yourself what you expect to reap later on in the year 
So this, of course, is why all this stuff, like look back at Easter week, all this stuff happening in the world. They just want everyone to just be distracted on something, Korea, something. Mm-hmm. And beside, even a, 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 how are you going to connect a man, a Easter bunny, a red egg and a blue egg with polka dots in a basket? I mean, it's so much confusion because that's why it's like, hey, look over here. But if you notice, if you were a navigator, hmm. which you always look from the equator, you measure where the equator is, you would have noticed Venus coming up every single morning like it was the sun, almost in position where the sun is, because that's why the, 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 the sun of the morning, the morning star, because see that that part of that of the cycle of Anu, which is the let's say the annual circle. Hmm. is where the surfers get onto the wave. That's where you get on the wave first. And then when you ride that wave, you're riding it with the current. Now, if you happen to not get on the wave, if you got on the wave too late, got on the wave too early, you're going to wipe out. And then when you wipe out, you're going to wipe out for the rest of the year, crashing over the waves of different cosmic systems that all emit different energies. That's why I say there's a time Hmm. and there's a place for everything. So when you learn that time and that place, just on Earth, it's just something you can collect here. I'm not saying it works universally. If you know the time and the places here on Earth from what the star, the energies of stars are emitting, Hmm. then you know when it's time to do different things and you cannot be stopped. Hmm. For something to stop you would literally be for them to get in the way of huge eidolons. Forget hmm. planets, because people, you know, they want to go flat earth on you and they get and start seeing you hate mail. Oh, you believe in planets. I'm talking about eidolons, ideas <laughs> of things that beings have been looking at for a countless amount of time and reflecting energy off of, not just giving hmm. energy to. That's a new concept of just giving all your energy away and not giving anything, getting anything back. Hmm. People became devoted to certain energies because they had come into contact and communication with that energy so deeply Hmm. that they realized it was them. (laughs) Like that's the final that's the final cutting through of any kind of levels of worship is when you finally realize you're worshiping yourself. Hmm. When you finally crack God's face open and then see clear face back there and then look in the mirror and your face is clear too. People, what that means until later on. But the hmm. thing is, is that that's what we're talking about is when you're a navigator, because just as a person, some people say, well, you know, so are you telling us to go and study the stars? First of all, you could do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying that if the sun comes up in the morning and it gives heat and then that heat starts doing certain things, you got people who argue with you, the sun doesn't give off heat. This is foolishness. You see what I mean? Like, why do I even want to argue about that and break that down even further? Why would I even want to cut all that open? Hmm. Let's just base it simple. The king is the farmer. He knows at least when the seasons is coming. So the thing is, is that even when the moon comes during the full moon cycle, the planting and the processes are all timed around that. So why is it that we don't believe that those other lights do something too? Is it because they're smaller? And there goes that same part of the consciousness that makes us believe that bigger is better, right? Hmm. <laughs> when actually one of the most powerful stars over that thing is Oyatolo, the one of the most powerful stars out there, you can't actually even see it with yeah. a serious seat. Hmm. Weight, where one grain of it is heavier than Earth. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they even have pieces. So the thing is, is that this is what I'm talking about. It's just getting into what's really going on and tuning out of the illusion. 
And then, of course, because you got sub programs going on here now, like I'm telling you something that groups of men and women alike have already found out. And some of those groups of men and women have aligned themselves in using that through plausible deniability <laughs> against everyone else without huh. an inkling of regret in doing it as if they feel like it's their position. And this is where you can get caught up if you start to try to become a star. Hmm. If they think it's their position to check anything that is coming through their territory. So that's why when the navigator is moving, the navigator is moving on a, on a current that is so strong that it's just. So, like I said, if you wanted to do something, you would know, oh, that's November. If you wanted to do something, oh, I got to wait till October. And never would you, as long as you're on this these physical dimensions, because you know the weights and the measures and the parallaxes and all that. You would never move out of sequence because that would like be, take your presidential submariner <laughs> mega yacht and <laughs> slam it into the iceberg or something. It would be that stupid. Huh. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And but but the thing is, of course, if we don't know, that's why they say, "By your ignorance, ye shall perish." If we don't know, then we think that it can't affect us, but it does. Just because you don't know that the sun is up. And that it's time for you to go to work don't mean you ain't going to get fired. <laughs> you see uh -huh, what I mean? You will be affected. Just like, like yeah, that. they turn off the electricity so if you don't pay the utility bill. Right, right. exactly. Mm -hmm. like, I, I didn't know. But see, the <laughs> thing is that this lets us get to, and that's an adult. And that's kind of mm -hmm. what we're talking about when we talk about becoming adepts. Mm -hmm. Adept is adult. It means now you take the wheel, mm -hmm. right? And then you're responsible for whether you shipwreck yourself, maybe a tow truck on the ocean or tugboat can come and maybe hook you up and get you back onto the current. But hmm. you really want to go through the process of realizing, and that's the neophyte is of course getting shipwrecked all the time. The initiate is like right between that phase of either turning back because he can't see the island no more that he came off of, nor or she, she or she can't see the island they came off of, huh. and they can't see where the, the island that they're going to. And then the adept realizes that all of this, all of this, is within it's all in our consciousness it can it's malleable it's wet work it can fully be controlled and it can also even be nullified we can completely back up out of this whole thing and sit into a space where we don't need to breathe eat or do anything there's no demands ha so it's about where it's like we almost are reminds because, me of the breatharians you're familiar with well that, i mean but, but it's even beyond level. that yeah the, the next level is yeah. when because the the truth is and, and this is just hmm. saying it as it is okay the truth is is that everything that we do is because we've been convinced to do it and we are convincing ourselves to do it convinced. and when we choose <laughs> not to do it anymore then we have to go through the process to where we really mean that and then when we really mean that, it takes you through a sequence of actually confrontations. It takes you through a confrontation of the force. You have a conflict with the force that literally dictates that that should be done. So meaning that what's causing you to breathe right now, if you get to an elevated state in the consciousness, like in a meditation, hmm. and you stop breathing, that being will become more, you become more aware of that being. And that being now, what do you mean? Like, you mean stop breathing while you're in the physical body? Yes. Okay. Well, let me elaborate on that here. Well, now you've experienced this. I have personally. Yes. Okay. Let's. Yes. Yeah. Let's discuss. And, it's, and and it bought quite 
a confrontation. Hmm. That's okay. the only thing that I could could explain it as. Hmm. And it was because I went through this process where I over ox I super oxygenated the body. Okay. okay? And how you do that is, is that you when you go into meditations, if you know how to breathe properly mm-hmm. at about, let's say, 20 minutes, you're already super oxygenated, meaning you have enough oxygen in your blood to actually keep on not breathing for at least 10 to 20 minutes before you would need breath again. So by a lot of it that you're doing, though, you're not holding your breath or yeah, what? you're holding, holding your, your breath. breath. OK, you're so this. Your OK, you're holding. But at a, at a certain point. Because the consciousness of holding and all these kind of things dissipates, hmm. it's just like you just get into this other space. Okay. And it's not like you're not dead or anything. And so the easiest way that I can explain this is to realize just first this. Most of the whole system is on autopilot. And that literally means that most of the things that we're doing are coming from the suggestion, obviously, of something else. Huh. That Hey, you need to do this. You need to remain here. You're in the world. You play this character called James huh. and you show up. And that's and pe- see, people are not understanding the hidden demands, the hidden demands. They're not asking you to serve hmm. your, your your devotion is your life. Getting up in the morning is the devotion that this dimension is requiring from the denizens of, that exist here. Huh. You see, so it's not asking, okay. do you want to serve me? That's all a part of the sub-programming micro-gods. <laughs> like they're the ones trying to play that game. The true, <laughs> the true opinions of the system, they don't ask for what, they, what they're getting. And part of their demand is that you breathe that water. And that's, mm. I mean, the, you breathe, well, it's water in the air, but you breathe that air. One level down, you drink that water. One level down, you eat that food, Mm. right? And each of those forms are part of the construct. That's when they say the pranayama. Those forms, the food matter, vegetable matter, air, gas, all those are different. Those are the real hierarchies of the dimension, okay? So the last one, because and then you know who's po- more powerful, because when you stop doing the most powerful one, you can perish faster, meaning you got to leave the dimension. Ah. Now you're not doing what they want you to do. Right. I'm just trying to put it in layman's So terms that's kind of like paying the utility bills, so to speak, it's, by it's eating, carrying, breathing, carrying your drink. Ah, right. Okay, okay. It's like saying, well, look, I don't whether you get a job or not, but you're <laughs> going to breathe. <laughs> you're going to drink this water. You're going to eat this food. You're going to have these thoughts. Because that, at least at minimum, you are now a hub in a point-to-point system that needs you to project consciousness from where you are to the things that are around you. You see what I mean? So, that, so that's how that's how a web is created. That's that's so that those are the basics of of survival, mm-hmm. and that's how the reality in itself, as far as the they would say, these are the elders. Right. Like the elder gods, the ancient ones. OK, so they are again, hmm. everyone's always trying to put it into a, a certain kind of human body form, whatever we're talking the about. Celestials, this, the ancient this is order. What an, an ancient, the ancient one aspect of the okay. reality to, demands is breathing, drinking water, food. So that way you can keep populating and producing so that way you can keep powering the matrix. OK. Uh. Okay. So feeding, point, feeding it, so to speak. Well, well right. keeping it on its, yeah, I mean, everything is feeding on itself. Self, yeah. It's Ouroboros, right? Ah, so yeah. to keep that process going on, that's hardwired. Okay. So when you start messing with that, then the interesting things happen. Now, I'm not trying, now, I don't think the average person can actually hold their breath until they can't breathe anymore. Hmm. So I'm not afraid of not giving a disclaimer here about people don't 
be trying to go and hold your breath because you'll see that the average person cannot hold their breath for really a long time because they just feel like I need to take a breath. <laughs> right? And I'm right. of course not saying go and cut your circulation off because then you're just mm. an idiot. Right? <laughs> so, but what we're talking about is we're talking about as a psychonaut. I, I yeah, yeah. I, I figured that that would be one of the tools in order for that to be possible because exactly. I've had similar because, experiences because, with because that. Because there's a yeah. process. Yeah. There's mind over matter, and then there's mind over, th then there's self over mind. Mm. Okay, and I'll say that or again. Will over, or like the will, or well, self is the what right. we can say because we're now trying to give a title to something ah, that right. doesn't have any the titles, navigator, but just or... trying to give it its final title because okay. we'll just have to keep creating another one on top of that. <laughs> self, let's say the final frontier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So before the final frontier, there's mind. Mm. Mind is not actually physical as we know it. It moves through everything, and it communicates through things. And then we have matter. Hmm. So, but we now, but I'm just honing in on that. There's a mind over matter, right? Mm -hmm. So, in the process of the meditation, I super oxygenated already. So, according even to medical books, I don't need oxygen really because the whole process of breathing, according to them, is to remove the toxins that are created by carbon dioxide from the blood. Hmm. But if I just super oxygenated me and taking real whole body breaths into the body and you even feel like this, you actually feel this after about 20 minutes, you don't really need to actually keep taking breaths. Now, the other thing that happens is when you're taking those breaths consistent consistently and you know how to breathe, mm -hmm. you also get into an altered state of consciousness just by the breaths. Huh. You feel really light very Interesting. soft this is this is makes me think of other things too Sevan. um like when you i guess it's like when you're, you're so much into your work you could paint a picture for nine hours and you forget that you have to eat to drink right. to sleep exactly. that will that power what do you say self over mind like you're able to continue to do your work like i was thinking about the work ethic of tesla who claims he only slept two hours a day and was the same weight during his whole life and all he did was invent. Like invention was more important than having a relationship with a woman or love or something. You know, man, that that, that hits it. That is the uh, the the best analogy of the night. <laughs> well, I mean, you sparking it, Sevon. I mean, there, but I'm there, just there saying that, that that's exactly what it is. You yeah. just kind of forget that you even yeah. need to do it, and mm -hmm. then it just goes to the back burner as if it doesn't need to be done. Yeah. The thing that's is, with breath. Because it's always so, it's just something that we all have done so much. Yeah. It's like the last thing we feel like we don't need to do. But I'm just mm. going to explain what happened on okay. a very interesting level to when I okay. didn't yeah. need the air anymore. Okay. So I started hold, I started bringing back the breath. See, my thing in, through the process of, of my journeys is I've learned that the breathing actually controls the journey. Mm. And that when you play around with the breath, mainly stay in, the, stay in what I call the gate. So the gate is when you breathe in and breathe out, the point where you're going in and out, I call that the gate because okay. that is the point between life and death. Hmm. And the closer you can remain in that middle part, which is like taking small breaths, hmm. then the more you can then start seeing or experiencing feeling the realm that, quote unquote, the gods live in because the gods live in between light and death. Okay. Mm, okay. So life, life and death. 
in, so notice that's the center. That's what honestly we would say is the center. The gods live between light and dark. And I'm just using terms here that people are familiar with. Okay. So what happens is when I get into one of these journeys, I stay in the gate and it's really easy for me to, I'm like a Prius. I don't need to take really big <laughs> breaths. And I feel like that, honestly, when we're in the physical reality, we're just so lethargic and so brutish, titanish, huh. that we take these huge breaths. And it's just like what the, uh, the Polynesians were saying when they came across the people who were invading their territories, they named them he who breathes shallow in Ooh. their language because they couldn't understand. That's funny. Like that, that, that was like a, a derogatory <laughs> term. I can't remember what it was. Was it fire, well, yeah, Firefly it was the series? Term because they couldn't understand how they didn't know. Mouth how to breeders. Use the power of breath Mouth yet. breathers. They were calling them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what yeah. this brings it to, though, yeah. is, is that actually the more you... Hmm can be conscious of the breath this is what they tell you in the meditation but this is what they're really talking about conscious breathing okay yeah that you can actually pull more energy from the what's inside of the breath now we know that inside the breath is inside of each breath is two very powerful elements there's water mm -hmm. that's why when you turn on a dehumidifier then the water goes into the dehumidifier and then when you have water you have hydrogen hydrogen is a fuel and then there's an, an oxygen also is, is explosive. And then there's another fuel within. Um, so I guess I lost my train of thought from in here, but basically there are two explosive oh, atoms. atoms okay? okay. So there's atoms inside of the inside of that breath. So that means that there are two very powerful forms, hydrogen and atoms. Mm -hmm. And we're pulling that into the body. So if we ever for one moment were able to tap into the energy of either one of those. Oh, my goodness. We would going to some kind of power level hmm. so what i'm saying is is most people though don't never tap into that energy they take big breaths in big breaths out so i'm just proving the notion and that, that probably helps with the healing process with any other kind of diseases or conditions and stuff like that it could probably yeah mental probably, problems yeah. stress the whole nine yeah. it's just understanding the value of the quality of each breath that you're uh -huh. taking yeah. So I was just in a, an extreme version of that is what I'm saying. Okay. I was yeah. into where I was down to the small gate. Mm -hmm. But before I got to that point of realizing how much power was in the gate, I actually had a, a big confrontation when I just was holding the breath. So I got all the way up on this high level mm -hmm. and I started really feeling about the reality that I'm just tired of the mysteries. <laughs> I literally went through the process. You know what this this is just ridiculous. Like I'm You're really like, come on, high, man. high state. You know, you get into these certain states. Yeah. But I'm, I know because I've been a hundred and something times that mm -hmm. I'm still going to come back down. I'm going to go back into the reality. And then we're going to play Groundhog's Day again. <laughs> I think that's pretty Groundhog much Day. The never ending so story. Me too. I, right. So I, so I was challenging this status quo for a moment and saying, well, maybe I don't want to live in that reality anymore. Maybe I don't want to breathe hmm. in that reality no more. Why should I take a breath? Nice. Okay. And in those thoughts, there was also another thought that was moving through explaining how you have a 360 degree perception when you're not using your eyes. Hmm. When you use your eyes, because there's a limitation, and that's what the eye of Ra was really about. It was about for you to understand the limitations of the division. Hmm. That the there's a certain part, just like we have about, what is it, 160 degree or even less than that field of view. Hmm. Okay. And then so someone holding their head hand to where our ears are, we generally can't see that hand because there's a limitation. So what it was explaining is it's because of that limitation that you can't actually see the whole picture anyway. 
<laughs> through your eyes if you wanted to. So close your eyes yeah. and try again. So I close my eyes and I realized that my whole auditory, visual and perception system was really 360 degrees. And so in that process, then this thought then said, yeah. And, and, and so that's why you don't need to base every single thing that you see all the time from your eyes as being the entire picture. Now, I've heard that before. But as it was saying that, it started fading away. And I said, oh, okay, yeah. But who are you? Ha. Huh. And this is when it went down. Ooh. Okay. I said, but who are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, but who are you? And it was almost like I caught it off guard. So it kept moving. Now, remember, I'm already in the heightened state. So I'm not actually in what people would say is the body. Okay. So it was basically going to ignore me and keep moving. Hmm. So I followed it. Huh. And I said, but yeah, but who are you? And, you know, I'm all I'm still respectful. I'm not like, you know, I'm not somebody in there, a savage. So I'm like, OK, well, maybe it doesn't speak English. I clearly <laughs> sense something. But I said, OK, because I'm sending my thoughts out in English. I said, well, whatever you are. Show me in images that will allow me to understand more of what you really are. Huh. And at this point. I seem to even feel a stimulus. And that's why I think that, you know, we're, we're still coming into an awareness of what actually we're living in this reality and what other kind of life forms are here. I'd have to agree with that. Because, yeah, yeah. and the reason why I say this, I'm sure yeah. that they're probably like more graduated kind of insectoids that probably have a whole database <laughs> system that they can just overlay onto a human organically and try to control all of that human stimulus from a host type state. Huh. And okay. it's possible that multiple life forms on this planet have these kind of hosts or watchers programming their realities. Hmm. And it reminded me of a dream that I had where I was aware that the planetary system that I had been put into in this dream or had gotten to was on a 27 or what was that? A 27, a 37, eight, 35, eight. So while we were on 24, seven, it was on 35.8. Gotcha. Okay. So in hmm. this planet, on this planet, and this is just a dream, I'm not telling people to believe it, <laughs> but it was so fucking vivid. Excuse my language. I was <laughs> like, this is wild. Right. Because when I came up through one area and came into a room, I saw life forms monitoring screens. Huh. And when I attempt to kind of like see a little bit further into what they were doing, the notion came that they were just monitoring life on this planet. Interesting. And, then when and, you, and the, because this huh. field that you're always in when you're using that body to get into different spaces, it's like Google. All you have huh. to do is ask what you're seeing and it will explain to you. And it explains it in a sequence and it's not even necessarily the English. But basically what was explained was is that because this planet was on a different cog than us, hmm. it could afford to watch us <laughs> in basically in their time zone. They could afford to watch us and still have time off because we were on a lower cog. So it was huh. just an observance. But the reason why I brought that up is because once I said to this thing after I had noticed I had followed it, but who are you? Hmm. It seemed to be some calculations now needed to be some, op, some, some reporting happening. Like, okay, we got 223 is completely coming out of line. Hmm. 223 is asking questions that are completely out of the scheme. Huh. Okay, send 223 this stimulus. So basically... 
what was happening is, is that part in the mind where I was telling you earlier that basically send a thought through, hmm. man, you're rude, man. You need to be more respectful, man. Are you sure you're even perceiving what you're perceiving? Hmm. Homie, you need to take a breath, man. I think you've gone too far. All those kind of statements were what I was hearing, but I could clearly see because of the space that I was in, hmm. that those weren't even my thoughts, that those were coming from somewhere else. Huh. So then what proceeded to happen, my good friend, was hmm. I asked it again. And when I asked it again, what's his name? It hurled huh. all of these dark demonic images at me. Oh. Tons of images. Okay. But it was funny. It was literally like you had seen Oz behind the curtain. Mm. Because the position that I was in, it allowed me to see it send the images. So I knew that the images weren't it. So once it's sending the images. I, I huh. could, it, it, sending the images from, I'm, I'm just trying to use okay. English with you. You yeah, could yeah. see <laughs> it. It wasn't, it wasn't what it was. It was right, like, right. oh, let's load this program and send it uh -huh. at him because once he gets afraid, he's going to go down in his energy. Then he's going to stop asking questions. And uh, try it was to deter you, try to deter you from that. Yeah. Exactly. And at that process, what happened then was is that I realized that one, that this thing was feeble, that it was nowhere near as powerful as what we are. Ha. Huh. That also that in following it, and this is all happening more or less on an astral level, if you may, or in, in, in a hyperdimensional level, mm -hmm. I had ended up inside of the center of my own consciousness before it got there. Huh. And this is what people need to realize is that there are that thoughts, those thoughts that you're having in your head is something that's living in the center of your consciousness. And because you take orders from it you're normally lower than where it is in your consciousness. It could still all be in what we call the brain, but you're in a lower quadrant taking hmm. orders from something that's in a higher quadrant that you think is you. Hmm. So, and I'm, again, I'm not telling a person that they got demons. This is a bad thing. I'm just telling you, this is how Earth's system is working. Like this is how, this is how vast, this is how intelligently vast the system is that we're dealing with here. Okay. It makes me think of the word planet, too, because when you break it down, also you could see plan E-T. Mm -hmm. Or the planned yeah. net. The planned because net. Because this is all, planned this net. Is all, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all weaving. Mm, Even the ancients yeah. knew that this was this was all a web where this the, the vertical lines were the beings. The vertical lines were the were, let's say, the the uh, mm. the actual beings and the horizontal lines were the sequences that connected all of them. That's how the ancients put it. So, and it mm -hmm. was a web. Okay. But anyway, what I'm, what, what happened is, okay. is in conclusion, mm -hmm. the last state was once I realized that basically that this was a, uh, autonomous system that was attempting to manage my consciousness. If it got too far out of the boundaries, like it doesn't want to breathe anymore. Cause that's ah. what started this whole thing. So a monitoring, maintaining kind of system thing. Right. Or, and, and that kind of proves also that you can go and do probably amazing things in the world and mm -hmm. never figure out that even the things that you're thinking in your own mind are not yours, because as long as you're breathing, you're not disrupting the main system. You see what I mean? Ha. See, cause a lot of people, they believe that if they go out and they do something great, then they're going to be hindered by all these Illuminati's. And they're going to be killed and all that. And then they or come up with all these, and all these other right. things. Yeah. 
And that's just, you know, that, and that sometimes either prevents them from doing it or hmm. maybe they weren't going to do it anyway and they just needed a reason why not to, or right? That's normal, or most of the, yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that the real controlling points in the system just need you to breathe and stuff like that. And whether you do something amazing or what you think is amazing in this world, they're not in charge of not allowing you to do that. <laughs> We're into now the realm where the big things like this is the head honcho kind of stuff like, oh, you ain't going to breathe anymore. OK, <laughs> we got a big issue down here. We got one that's alive. That doesn't is somehow coming to the awareness that he doesn't need to be to breathe. And the reason why I had come into that awareness is because I'm coming into the all-knowing stage. And the all-knowing stage starts to it doesn't have to show you. It's not that kind of stimulus. You feel that you don't need to really do anything. You only do what you want. And so anyway, in the conclusion. Hmm. So you come into being. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like you're no longer taking stimulus in. You're no longer like just Send, receive, send, receive. Yeah. So in the conclusion, what actually happened was hmm. I got, because I know we're getting to the end of the conversation. What okay. happened was I ended up back into the center of my consciousness before it did. Uh-huh. Then after that, everything that it thought, said, you saw it like <laughs> it was comical <laughs> because it was like it was still trying to talk to you as if it was you, but you knew it wasn't you. And then pretty soon it just kind of gave up like huh. I'm on the outside now and he's on the inside and I can't get back in because he now knows what I sound like. Huh. Where this also where this stemmed into and I have another little gem to drop here. OK. Where this stemmed into is, is that how this thing normally gets itself. And I don't want to make it like as a separate entity. It's just a part of the, in, in, the stimulus of the entire system that keeps it functioning. Okay. How it normally gets into that position into our consciousness is because there's literally a, how can I put this? It's almost like when you're happy, serotonin and mm -hmm. a few other elements are released into the brain. Mm -hmm. Right. And that produces the euphoria and the happiness. Okay. That's chemically what's happening. So what I basically experienced was finding things out that we think answer questions for us, but really don't hmm. do that same thing. It gives us some feeling of a euphoria that gets us excited. And we feel like we've actually learned something. <laughs> like we feel like that we've actually gone further. And that actually what started this whole thing is because I kind of peeped that out about the 360 degree perception thing. Because while it was explaining that, not only was I like, but I already know that because I kind of like knew that like three years ago. So but why is it coming across to me right now like it's such powerful knowledge? Because when I come down from this, because I always come down, mm -hmm. I'll be back in the same world again. And that knowledge that I've gotten mm -hmm. will have so little application in my physical world, in my reality. Mm -hmm. What value does it truly have? And these questions i was asking <laughs> and this is you could imagine again if you were responsible for managing the system that does all this you would be very uneasy because like man we got one that can see <laughs> it'd be like the movie they live at that point huh. so that's actually what happened and then after that everything changed for me now i've had many different changes <laughs> but this change off was a, just another level up now i don't really I know when, and this is the interesting part. I'll say this is what's the change. Like G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle when right. you're dealing with Cobra. <laughs> what happened was 
after that, it wasn't that I could not enter the mind anymore because I realized that once I started processing things and the next day I had another journey, hmm. that the mind was where I kept entering. And in the mind, all what I had just witnessed, that those forms, that's where they live. And that's the realm that they control and program and all that. And every time I get into the mind, I could be subject to that levels of machinations and programming. Hmm. But... Because you have to enter the mind, because you got to (laughs) think, the truth is, you, your power is when you know you're in the mind. See, people are in the mind and they don't know that they're inside of that mechanation that's sending suggestions to them in their own voice. So the moment that you know about that, it doesn't mean that you leave the mind and you never use it anymore. That's going to, that's a lot of training. But it's so less effective, that whole chatter, which they call the monkey mind, Hmm. at stimulating a fluctuation within your energetic center. Like, it's basically like you no longer give something energy that you thought was you and you are retaining now your energy. And that's as much as I can really explain about that. (laughs) Like, I would love to be back on the show, like sometimes and, you know, and get into the deeper story about the finishing of of, of uh, rent, renting open the veil huh. and you know that fine feminine which I call the hingeless okay. life form with no skin and you know mm. and, and seeing mm. how the world is only at 8 to 9% of what that being could truly emit mm. that being that we're calling divine feminine is so see everything they try to relate to woman mm. is only a fraction of what this being is meaning if you want to say beauty if you want to say seduction if you want to say euphoria, if you want to say stimulate, stimulates, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those energies, even twerking, <laughs> just <laughs> with some comedy, right. all of those movements are all movements from this divine feminine force, right? Like belly dancing, all that, mm. that curving move that we love so much, that curve is all divine all right. feminine. Hmm. But that in our world, and, and of course, and that brings a lot of the passion into this world right like Mm. everything that kind of has to do with that that kind of fuels what we would call the sin of the world right sin Uh. but i'm trying to explain to people right Mm. now that we're at eight percent about of that and even 20 to 25 percent you're a zombie you'll be so controlled by that force that nothing you do would be of your own thoughts so this brings me back to a Star Wars episode, uh, not the one one okay. that that they that the the movie, uh-huh. the series, okay. where they end up on an island where there's a being that's clearly being depicted as Venus, and it's a large life form, hive mind kind of life form, and everyone on the planet is under the spell of this one life form. Hmm. So when you look back, because there's two, there's another movie I think. Um, Tom Cruise is coming out with one called The Mummy, right? Yeah. But it's not yeah. like the old. The, it's a different. And, and the yeah. running story is there's this kind of Hathor kind of dark feminine force, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And then there's the other one that Will Smith played in where he was the bad guy with the guns and all that. I kind of forget the Dead movie Shot, name. Dead Suicide Squad. He, exactly. Yeah. Suicide Squad. So who were they fighting? Right. The shadow smoke creatures or whatever they're there. But the woman, huh. though, right? But that it was, was, yeah. The spell, the right? Right, right. So why... So if you're looking at this closely, you're monitoring things. And then, of course, American gods, they're mm. showing you the arc villain is Bilkis. 
with that same kind of motif. So right. what it's showing you is, is that there's basically a force that is so powerful that it can overwhelm a person's consciousness and make them do anything that it wants. If it turns up its energy hmm. that people feed off of in association with it. You see what I mean? Hmm. And then that's why you have these mystery schools and things, because they try to teach a person how to actually resist those forces within them so that they can take back control of their own consciousness. So they're not completely controlled by just the fluids ah. that move through their body. It just seems to be the kind of whole goal and method for the magical studies, occult science, in order to be able to discern from these what these forces are and to, to let you know that that this one is not you, that's not you, or this right. is me, or this, that, and all that. Hmm. Right. And then to also know their place yeah. so you can even decrypt them further and realize where that space is inside of you. You know, there's that kind of process. I mean, yeah. it lends so much more knowledge to the adept. Huh. You know, it's not running away from it. It's not trying to kill it. It's not, you know. And then that's the other thing about most of these traditions is... Well, especially since they've gotten the new renditions, hmm. they teach a lot of trying to approach it that way. Like there's a good one. There's a bad one. Hmm. These are bad. for You watch out for these. Uh -huh. And that's not right. like in this conversation, if someone got that whole impression, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm right. talking about is the moment that you can see the framework of how all of this is really put together. When you can see that. It that alone sums up to something. Hmm. And that sum up of that starts to let you see and feel again the importance of who you truly are. And, and of course, that part is not from an egotistical gratification standpoint, but that genuine meaning. meaning. Yeah. You're never going to die. Hmm. So, and the complexity of something like that is present, meaning hmm. that some people, they will shoot. I mean, until we get this, you know, notice how they do this until we get to this late <laughs> stage of technology, then we, we, we will always die. But once our technology gets to this certain oh, level, right. we're not reach the singularity or so. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what we're seeing from just even this conversation that we had today mm. is that there's already that level going on as we speak. And even huh. deeper than that, how the Mandy story ends is mm. the Mandy story says that they took the son who is the twin of the beings that live on earth and that earth is actually the placenta hmm. that the sun was cut into 60 pieces and those pieces were the sacrifice of the sun in order to restore its twin hmm. okay hmm. so now notice yeah i would kind of brush that off as being one of the old archaic myths but hmm. it did use that word 60 and sure enough there's 60 seconds there's 60 minutes there's uh, a lot with 60 with the whole thing 1260 matrix Right, 360. 360. You see what I mean? So the whole thing is kind of monitored in that. But then this is the part that was the head crack. Huh. It said that in this tradition that that process was complete. It doesn't say that. And that's the and, and this is where we are now, like most of the scriptures do. Huh. It says that actually that the beings on the planet or the as we know them, the soul behind it, whatever, was healed. Huh. And the only thing that's taking place now is the extraction, meaning to pull ourselves out of the memories. Huh. And that makes sense. That's exactly what we're doing. That all because we would have lived through the whole process, every single thing, like all the stuff that's happened for the last whatever time we would we lived through that. We gathered it in fluid in what we call DNA. Hmm. Now we have to extract ourselves from it. And this is. 
the same as just not believing anymore in the Trump and hmm. the spirituality and the prophecies and hmm. all of that kind of stuff and just going dolo and being you and basing existence off of what you've experienced to this point. Aha. And, and that's actually where I've been pulling so much of my power now is just the awareness of my last, I'm 30 years old, my last 38 years on the planet, not 2000, not 3000. Hmm. If I just focus on that alone, not the ideas of they, what they have of people that are in my skin suits hmm. <laughs> in the hmm. same skin suit as me, hmm. not the ideas of who they believe another person is, not loading any of all of that stuff, but just my own life, what I experienced to determine to me what I need to do. And what that does is that gives the person the power back to realize if you don't do this, no one is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And that you have more than the power necessary to do it if you would wake up from devoting all your power to the program that just wants you to react and wants you to load and wants you to be into its system. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, we can see it that whatever this, whether this system, the serpentine, whatever it is, it has a high inclination. I used to call it smothering. Huh. It's mother with an S. <laughs> For us to choke us out, for us not really to leave here, that's really the idea. And then here's the last piece. I got to give you the whole thing. I can't give you a piece of it. So remember that (laughs) the serpent is controlling time as a coil. Mm -hmm. Now, this coil, which also is phi, it's a spiral. We could say it has seven rings, okay? Mm -hmm. There's two hidden ones, but that's another lesson. That's black and white, which are supposed to be the absence of color, but clear is the absence of color. Yeah. So the black and the white, that's what like the checkerboard, those are the check and balances of the system. Hmm. But in the center, which is the seven colors, that's the realms that most people deal with right now. That's why there's seven days out of the week. Hmm. So what happens is let's say you're orange this life. You go through your whole your whole orbit, which is unique to you. When you are almost about to complete your orbit to when you're going to have a fucking huge deja vu, you do what they call die. Hmm. This ends that ring. And then you come back as green, let's say. Hmm. Now, because green arconically is different than yellow. That's why the rainbow is the symbol that there's literally a difference between there's a division in here. Right. So when you come in again, you're not going to remember you were here before because you're going to be living a life that's completely different to according to how you perceive things Mm. different to how you were living it last time. You were orange last time. Now you're green. So nothing looks the same. Huh? Uh, Now you got a different hue, you man. (laughs) So then so then this is what happens. Okay. So the person starts going through this and every now and then, because it is truly an as above, so below system. You have a deja vu. Huh. Like, Yo, this shit was the same as... Nah. Ha, ha, ha. And it only lasts for a moment, right? It kind of puts into play all those one movies where... Uh, was it? Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Source Code. Yeah. Know, like where a, you can literally start seeing uh, the go- what they call hmm. ghosting or shadowing. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Like This is like something that happened even when I moved in the house that I, that I was in, that I'm in now. Hmm. I'd be on the computer... And then I would kind of like catch out of the corner of my eye, me walking up the stairs. Hmm. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm tripping. <laughs> but it was happening so much. I started to have to sit down and meditate on what was happening. And it said, because you've been here before. Huh. And the only thing that is, is you're just seeing 
like what they say the Mandela effect you're seeing yeah, yeah. the ghost in the system so ah. the basically the thing is it's just scripts and there's a ghost in the machine is what we're saying okay. that everything runs once the script starts running when you believe that there's a beginning there becomes an end uh. when you write a script in a computer program you have to have a beginning or an end or it errors out Whew. the beginning is the birth the end is the death so that mm -hmm. means if you believe in death it's because you believe in birth Mm -hmm. So that's why I put on my Skype, birth and death are the greatest illusions. I was never born. <laughs> that's all a concept of this reality. Every and guess what? Yeah, yeah. I, and on top of that, I don't need to figure out how that's possible. Because <laughs> that's the trap. <laughs> and on that note, it reminds me of a uh, of a chorus of an old song I mean, we did on a, my ba old band, Prophets of Rage, from the album Zen Gravy, which was released in 97. It was a song called Universal Consciousness. Let me, I'm going to spit the chorus for you real quick. It goes... Up, up, and away, I feel so free. Like a bird in the sky, I want to be. I was never born, and I'll never die. So why don't you see eternity? Universal consciousness. Nice. <laughs> Sevon, I, I, we got to have you back, man, on here. Yeah, man. Third I mean, time, I know so. we, we, we have to end, but I mean, <laughs> that was a beautiful way to end because it just shows once again <laughs> in the all knowing mind, it already knows. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> all right. There we go. It won't be long before we all belong. I suppose, so yeah, episode 64 Spiritual Technology with Sevon Bomar, ladies and gentlemen. They could check us out at secretenergy.com if they want to. Okay, secretenergy.com. What other what other links you got there? Astroquest.com. Uh, check us out on YouTube, okay. Interstanding. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to dive in, you can join the Interversity. There and, it is. Uh, you will get step by step. Okay. Savon, <laughs> right. thanks for coming out again, man. And uh, we got to get uh, we got to do another one for sure. For sure, for sure. I'll be All talking right. to you soon, brother Holness. All right. One one love, man. Cool. Out. All right, Savon. Peace. Yes, episode 64, Spiritual Technology with Sevan Bomar on the Sticks of Plick Show, WELT 95.7 FM.